Crested in the Afternoon is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Broadcasting from the studios of Ave Maria Radio in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Al Cresta is ready for conversations of consequence. This is Cresta in the Afternoon. A very good afternoon to you. I'm Al Cresta and delighted to be here. Uh, We're opening the phone lines today. 1-877-573-7825. Now, we rarely open the phone lines, but when we do, it's always been enjoyable. And the occasion for opening the phone lines today is it's our annual, or sometimes biannual, Book Recommendation Day. Sometimes we do it in June for a summer reading list. Almost always we do it near Christmas for because of the Christmas giving season. But here's, let me just go over why we're doing this, okay? And um, I want to, first of all, be thankful uh, to have you as listeners, uh, because it is a rare thing in modern American society to have a body of an audience, if you will, a body of listeners who care about knowing and doing God's will, but who also know that reading can take you deeper into the mysteries of the faith, the lessons of history, and the depths of the human heart. So I'm incredibly grateful that we can have these kind of conversations day in and day out. Now, Today what we do, and I'll have a little more explanation after the news break, but we're going to, I'm asking you to just pick up the phone and recommend two, three books that had impact on you this year, all right? 1-877-573-7825. We'll take your calls after the news break. And you can also go to Facebook or Twitter, Ave Maria Radio, or Crest in the Afternoon. So stay with me. Uh, This is going to be a a great enjoyment. But first, let's get today's headlines. Thank you, Al, and good afternoon, everyone. This is your Ave Maria Radio News for Thursday, December 14th. It's the Feast of St. John of the Cross. And today's news is brought to you by Ave Maria University. Your vocation location is at AveMaria.edu. Pope Francis is urging global leaders to adopt an international treaty to regulate the development and use of artificial intelligence, saying technological research must be directed toward the pursuit of peace and the common good. In his message, titled Artificial Intelligence and Peace, the Pope warned of numerous risks associated with artificial intelligence development. He emphasized that technological innovations are not neutral, but subject to cultural influences, and that caution must be exercised to prevent falling into the spiral of a technological dictatorship. An impeachment inquiry into President Biden will move forward after House Republicans won a vote on Wednesday to authorize it. Republicans claim Biden benefited from his son Hunter's business dealings, which the president has denied. An impeachment inquiry is a step towards potential impeachment. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says his country will continue fighting Hamas until Israel reaches victory. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan met with Netanyahu and other officials today. 
The U.S. joined Israel earlier this week in voting against a U.N. resolution for a ceasefire, but is also telling Israel to do more to limit civilian casualties in Gaza. And the 13-year-old Ohio boy is charged with planning a mass shooting at a synagogue. He's charged with inducing panic and disorderly conduct, both misdemeanors, after allegedly sharing a detailed plan online to carry out a shooting at the Temple Israel in Canton. He's set to appear in family court next week for a pre-trial hearing. From the AveMariaRadio.net news desk, I'm Dan McGraw. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. Thank you for being here. As I said, it's a really it's a great joy to open up the phone lines today. And uh, again, I'm personally very grateful for you, um, listeners who care in, about knowing and doing the will of God, uh, but who also know that uh, the Catholic faith uh, takes us deeper into the mysteries of life. Uh, it helps us understand the lessons of history. And it allows us to go into the depths of the human heart. Every year, since I can remember, we've taken at least one day a year to open the phone lines and ask you to recommend a book or two or three to Christ in the Afternoon listeners. And sometimes we've done the show in June as a summer reading season, you know, uh, recommendation. And almost always during Advent when Christmas gift buying is on people's minds. And I think I'll take a moment just to let you know that how important books have been in my own spiritual growth and development. And I, I could extend that to members of my family as well, but I'm going to hold off on that. I'll just talk about myself personal, uh, just the atomistic, this guy, uh, Al Cresta. But without a doubt... It was my encounter with Scripture in 1973 and 1974. The, the Word of God showed me that Jesus, the Jesus of the New Testament was not the ascended master of the New Age movement that I was a part of. And this produced a crisis of conscience. It produced a crisis of faith. The New Age group at that time, this is a long time ago now, the New Age group of which I was a member taught that our teachings were compatible with all the great world religions, including Christianity and Judaism. And I had been assured as a 21, 22-year-old that there was no real conflict between the Bible and the teachings of Guy and Edna Ballard, or the ascended masters that they claimed to represent. Uh, it's not necessary for me to go into detail about them, but it, it turned out that I realized what they had taught was false. The, the New Testament presented Jesus as the exclusive means of access to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. He was not just one of a great pantheon of ascended masters. He was unique and the exclusive means of access to the Father. There's a direct contradiction. And no matter how foggy my brain was with some New Age nostrums, I could still recognize a direct contradiction. There was another one, too, that was very obvious. The key teaching of the Gospels in St. Paul, that Christ died for our sins, was crucified for our sake, that he was, in fact, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That teaching had no place. In fact, it was rejected as sinister in the New Age doctrine that I'd been chewing on for five years. So I had a crisis of authority. It was provoked, again, by reading the Scripture. 
And the New Age group uh, couldn't be right, because what they claimed about the Bible was obviously false. But that didn't mean that what the Bible taught was true. The New Age group might be wrong, but that didn't make Christianity true. So, who comes to my rescue but C.S. Lewis with Mere Christianity and many other of his books presented the Christian faith in a winsome and compelling way. Other writers followed. Francis Schaeffer, the evangelical Protestant apologist and evangelist, helped me understand how a Christian should live in a fallen world. And once I got out of college, I was hired to actually manage Christian bookstores and became even more familiar with the rich variety of Christian writers. Uh, I was a general manager of a chain of 10 stores, and I trained our workers. We actually had workshops on this. To recommend books the way a doctor writes a prescription. You find out what ails the uh, potential customer, and you find a book to relieve the confusion that the person is feeling. Maybe somebody's looking about uh, looking for a spouse. Well, here are books on uh, dating and waiting and relating and mating. Right, you know, give your prescription. Later on, I was asked to try my hand at talk radio, and of course, authors of various books became guests. Review copies started coming my way. And my personal library grew to 25,000 books, and that was 20 years ago. Then electronic and digital books came on the scene. My friend Steve Ray introduced me to a digital library system specializing in theology and biblical studies. And I now have 40,000 of those digital books, all right? When I was struck down with necrotizing fasciitis 20 years ago, my friend Dave Hopkemeyer uh, gave me an incredibly important book, it was called Suffering in Other Words. It was by a Benedictine monk, which very few people read today. But it was the most important book that I read during that time. Now, I agree with Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12.12, where he says, My son, be warned, the writing of many books is endless, and excessive devotion to books is wearying to the body. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and I can't tell you how many frustrating hours have been spent simply trying to classify books. Um... But at the same time, when St. Paul was in prison, he commanded Timothy, his protege, that, quote, when you come, bring the overcoat, which I left at Troas with Carpus, and bring the books, especially the parchments. So scripture warns that books can be excessive, but at the same time, books can be necessary for our well-being. And uh, if you're a regular listener to this program, you'll know we do highlight books of our top 35 interviews. The countdown starts tomorrow, by the way. Of the top 35 interviews, 14 of them uh, grow out of book interviews. So today is our annual book recommendation program. I'm asking you to give me a call and offer a book or two or three that have been important to you in the last year. It didn't have to be published this year, but it had to impact you this year. I already presume that the Bible and the Catechism are important to, the, to you, so don't include them. They go without saying. So here it is. What books helped you and books that you want others to experience, books that educate or exhort or encourage or edify or evangelize or engage the culture or arrest the attention of your children and grandchildren. All right, the number is one 573 7825 That's one 573 7825 Looks like Carolyn got in here uh, actually before we opened up the phone lines and left a message saying she wants to recommend Searching for and Maintaining Peace, a small treatise on peace of heart by Father Jacques Philippe. Philippe. 
uh, excellent, excellent choice. And also Pope Benedict's encyclical, his second encyclical, Saved in Hope, uh, vital. People should really read uh, Pope Benedict's encyclicals, John Paul II's encyclicals, and Pope Francis's encyclicals. Well, let's go to your calls now. Uh, they're beginning to line up. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We'll go to Dan in Farmington Hills, Michigan. How you doing, Dan? Real good. Good to be talking to you, Al. Yeah. Hey, um, I got two to recommend to you. One of them I sent in a copy to you. You probably haven't read it yet from my buddy Tom Nash. Uh, the uh, I asked him to give you a copy. It's yeah. uh, Through the Eyes of Jesus by uh, C. Allen Ames. And I came across this about six months ago, was absolutely stung to the heart. And it's got the, uh, what, what's the proper verbiage, imprimatur on it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Basically, this author, C. Allen Ames, he had visits by our blessed Lord in the late 1990s, and our Lord told him, I want you to, very similar to St. Faustina, I want you to write this down, and he explained to him, he said, there were many other things that happened to me during my years of ministry, my three years of public ministry, that aren't recorded in the Gospels I want people to know about. So it's a, it's a, like a first-person presentation and at the beginning of the book, he, the author says, you know, this was met with a lot of skepticism, including a, uh, the archbishop of his area, and he sent a priest as, what do they call it, a devil's advocate, yeah. who was also skeptical. And when the priest sat down with the T.N. Allen Ames and actually went through it, he, he after thorough, thorough going over of what was being presented there, he went back to the archbishop and said, this really happened. He said, our Lord really did appear to this guy, and he did give him this stuff. The proof is in the pudding. I've I've probably given out forty or fifty copies since I read it. I was okay. so strong to the heart for friends now, and now, family. No, this, this people come back to me and they're they're in tears. Yeah, they said I I felt closer to our blessed Lord than I okay. ever have. And the, I mean, it's a remarkable the impact that this book is having. Okay, on now I want to make sure I've got it straight. This is the book by C. Allen Ames through the eyes of Jesus. Correct. Okay, that's in the and it's uh, very powerful. We uh, we got it on the list here, and I will take a look at it. And then you had one other one, I think. Yeah, uh, and you're probably familiar with from this goes back decades, but it's still having incredible impact on people. It's called "Struck by Lightning" by Gloria Polo. Hmm. And I, that's, no, I've actually, I don't given know. Out over this. That that over about the last two decades, All I've right. probably given out two hundred copies. Well, let me, I, love, I, re- I love books, and I love to give out books yeah, to the, to the faithful. And so, I uh, do, too. Uh, and this one, I've got more positive feedback over the decades than anything else. People come back and say, that was the most remarkable thing I've ever read. They say, have you got any extra copies that I could give to family, friends, and loved ones? Other people on their own wherewithal went out and bought copies. Uh, and I've had a couple of identical incidences where uh, somebody had a loved one maybe a parent that had dropped away from the faith, had been away from the faith, maybe even anti-Catholic for mm-hmm. years or decades. And they gave him a copy of this book, and after they, and it's a real short read. Yeah. And after they read the book, they picked up a phone and called a priest 
and made that confession. Yeah, <laughs> Dan, I'll tell you, I'm gonna. Uh, we've got those on the list. I need to move on to get some other calls in, but uh, we will make sure that we take a good look at both of them. I'm unfamiliar with both of them, but I will take a good look at them uh, when I get my hands on them. So thanks, thanks for the call. Wonderful talking to you, and let's continue conversation with Michael in Indiana, listening on Sirius XM 130. Michael, good to have you with me. Hi, Al. Hi. Love your show. Thank and you. I just wanted to say thank you for having all these uh, authors on. But uh, two that really touched me, one I read last year and one this year, is Light from Darkness. You had the author on um, a while back, bought the book, and it's just a much-needed book, yeah. I think, right now. Steve Weidenkopf, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's, yes, a that's a wonderful book. book. I agree. It really is. And what the church is going through right now, and, and you know, I think one of the problems with our society today is we don't, we don't teach history. You know, it seems we don't teach, teach history. And uh, when you go back, he does such a great job mining the history of the Catholic Church and the things that we've been through. And what we're going through today is, is nothing compared to what we've been through uh, in yeah. some past centuries. That is true. You know, one thing, Al, I would... Yeah, one thing I would say about that book, I would say, and, and forgive me, I'm driving, but, you know, at the end of the book, he is more of like a, a call to action. I forget what he names the chapter. But I would almost say to Catholics who want to read this book, read that first and then read the book. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good good recommendation. Uh, you had a second one, too, though. Yes, The Sword and the Scimitar. Yeah, Raymond's book. Uh, yeah. Yes, and I believe you've had both of those authors on your show, and, and thank you for that. And that, that one I've recommended to a lot of people, and I think it does a great job, again, with history, uh, specifically, you know, the history of the Crusades and, and the birth of Islam, and uh, it really dispels, dispels a lot of the myths yeah. um, about the growth of, of, of that religion and also uh, what Christianity truly tried to do, although there were atrocities on our side, on the Christianity side. Um, you know what? What the Pope really had in mind for the Crusades, sure. and, and you know it, it just dispels a lot of the myths. So those would be my two recommendations. Uh, they're great recommendations too. Light from Darkness by Steve Weidenkopf, who we just heard from a few weeks ago, and uh, Steve, Sword and Scimitar by Raymond Ibrahim, uh, another outstanding book. Uh, we're going to continue. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three. It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popchuk. Imagine you signed up for flying lessons, but five minutes into your first lesson, your instructor handed you the plane's controls and told you to try landing. It sounds crazy, but that's what we do when we ask our kids to complete a task they're not equipped for. Whether it's managing their frustration respectfully or cleaning up the messy room, if they don't have the skills they need to succeed, we're setting them up to crash. Before asking our kids to fly solo, we parents need to do some basic pre-flight checks. Are our kids old enough for the task we're giving them? Have they consistently shown mastery of that task? If not, we need to mentor them from the co-pilot seat just a little bit longer. Dive more deeply into discipleship discipline techniques by checking out the newest editions of Parenting Your Kids with Grace or Parenting Your Teens and Tweens with Grace or visiting catholiccounselors.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, but you can call me family. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit catholiccounselors.com. Christ is the answer with Father John Ricardo. Let us strive to know the Lord. Quick question to you and me right now. Is that what you and I are doing every single day? When you and I wake up every day, do we strive to know Jesus or not? In the Old Testament, in the same book of Hosea, a little bit later on, it's in chapter 14, the Lord says through the prophet, my people perish 
Or in another translation, my people are being destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Not a lack of data. We got tons of data. Not a lack of information. We got a lot of information. Not just about things that are happening in the world. We got a lot of data, a lot of knowledge, a lot of information about God. But not a lot of intimacy with God. Not a lot of relationship with God. Not a lot of friendship. That's the cry of God's heart. God wants to give himself to us in the incredible gift of friendship. And we're not taking advantage of it. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything? Even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. With so much going on in the world, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. What do you need to know today? Stay tuned to Cresta in the Afternoon and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio as we bring you the day's top stories and conversations from an authentic Catholic perspective. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I come from the other side of the tracks. See? My uncle used to have slot machines. Put one nickel in and it's emptied. Boom. And I brought him home in a bag, and my mother looked at me. Where did you get all that money? I said, I won him. You didn't win him. He fixed the machine. I didn't care if he fixed the machine or not, you know? EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Never miss an episode of Cresta in the Afternoon. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen on demand at AveMariaRadio.net and on the Ave Maria Radio app. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. This is our annual um, book recommendation day where you get a chance to share the books that have been important to you over the last year and also rec- things that you would recommend uh, to fellow listeners here at Cresta in the Afternoon. Uh, we've got a very, um, really quite an unusual program, and so uh, the range of recommendations each year is, uh, always surprises me and, and stretches me. So here's the number. One eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Give me a call, and uh, we can talk about your uh, what you would recommend. You can also uh, note note us at or notice us at Ave Maria Radio and Chris in the afternoon on both Facebook and Twitter. But right now, let's go to Diane, listening in Vermont on Sirius XM. Diane, good to have you here. Hi, Al. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Uh, one of my favorite books is Food for the Soul mm-hmm. by Peter Kreef. Yeah, yeah. He's, that's, uh, 
That's a, it's a really, a, he follows the Sunday readings there and offers yep. reflections on it. Yeah, it's exceptional. Yeah. He's, he's a marvelous it's, it's, writer. It's wonderful. Yeah, I've read some of his other things, but I truly enjoy that every every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. I was surprised. I didn't know he was working on that. And so when it came out, it it took me completely by surprise. And I was wondering, uh, you know, how if he would um, how how effective he might be. And it turns out he's actually quite good uh, doing these. He's really, excellent. Yeah, really they're is. pithy. Uh, they're sharp. Um, yeah, very good. This is called Food for the Soul. He did, he Has he finished all three? Has he finished all three yeah. yet? Okay. So they're yeah, all this out. This is the third one. Excellent. Well, Diane, thanks. This is the third one. Yeah. Okay, you're welcome. Yeah. So, again, Peter Crave's Food for the Soul. He has all three uh, available now. They follow the readings, uh, Sunday readings. Uh, the number, again, is one eight seven seven. Five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. And this gives us an opportunity to also recommend uh, if you want to reach us, go to Crest in the Afternoon or Alvin Marie Radio on Facebook or Twitter. And Omar has done that. In fact, on Facebook, and he uh, writes that my, my lifelong books since around sixth grade have been The Lord of the Rings and The Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, I've always turned to those whenever I've needed spiritual and mental inspiration and encouragement. Uh, you're not alone, Omar. <laughs> you're not alone. Uh, the it's it's the Lord of the Rings is going down as the probably the greatest uh, fantasy uh, series in the entire 20th century. And earlier this year, we talked with um, Holly Ordway, who has published just a magisterial uh, look at Tolkien's life. It's called um, Tolkien's Faith, a Spiritual Biography. And she goes into uh, Tolkien's inspiration for The Lord of the Rings and uh, what was behind it, how long it took, how his Catholic faith was well integrated into it. So again, uh, great recommendation. And of course, The Chronicles of Narnia, um, what can you say? Uh, we read them to our children as they were growing up. They've become part and parcel of who we are as a family, part of our family culture, too. So, Omar, great choices. Thank you. Uh, we're continuing at one 573 7825 We're taking your calls on, on air, right? That's what we do. Uh, but we also can receive recommendations at Ave Maria Radio and Chris in the afternoon on both Facebook and Twitter. Let's go to uh, Patricia in Leesburg, Virginia, listening on the EWTN app. Patricia, good to have you with me. Thanks, Al. It's good to be here. Yeah. What's your What's your recommendation? The The book that affected me most this year was The End of Woman by Carrie Grass. I love Carrie. Yeah. And I think every Catholic woman should read it. Um, I'm a grandmother, and it really, uh, I have four granddaughters, yeah. and it really, I think, informed me better than anything else I've read um, to help separate issues that young women are, are still facing today, um, particularly in the culture. And I think it starts the conversation about what can we do so that this does not become the end of woman, right. but woman survives. Yeah, yeah. We we we're living in in strange times. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> when when the world begins talking about their the inability to distinguish uh, 
uh, male from female, you know you're looking at a, a crisis of culture. Uh, I mean, yeah. the difference between male and female is one of the first great differentiations in Scripture. Uh, so when he said he, God made us male and female, that's driving the point home. And yet we're living in a world in which uh, large influential elites have pushed this idea uh, where they try to uh, make the distinction between male and female irrelevant. And Carrie's a brilliant writer, too. So uh, I'm surprised I didn't have that book on my list. Uh, but I will make sure I get my hands on it. We'll have Carrie on the air to talk about it. Great. Yeah, great recommendation, Patricia. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. Our number again is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. taking your calls. And we've got Mary in Boise, Idaho. Mary, nice to have you with me. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, what do we have? Um, I was just getting ready to send a, a book by Henry Nowen yeah. called uh, The Beloved. Yes. And, and it's absolutely one of the most priceless things I've ever read, and it speaks directly to that notion that we all struggle with, and that is to accept the truth and the reality that God loves us infinitely, absolutely infinitely. And if we could just spend five minutes a day connected with that reality, it would be life-changing, and I really believe that. There's so much self-doubt. Yes. So many people who struggle with, you know, lifetime of shame and, you know, lack of acceptance of themselves, and to know that our Creator loves us beyond imagination, yeah. I believe is a healing place to um, to take that on. Yeah, he he delights in us, and uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and and, and absolutely. I I remember when that first hit me at an emotional level. It, it's in some ways it's such a simple thing to say. But when right. you, it really grabs you uh, deep. Take that, to breathe in that truth and just to hold it. Yeah, yeah. It's astonishing, astonishing. Yeah. Mary, thanks. Uh, great recommendation. Okay. Our number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We do have lines available, by the way. Uh, so give us a call now, one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We'll go to Father Gerald in Ann Arbor. Father, good to have you here. Thanks. Hey, how good to talk with you again. Yeah. I wish we wish we talked a little more frequently. I know. This, I know. It's not as though we live very far away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last year, I, I just happened to catch this program, and I mentioned this book on transubstantiation um, uh, by Hooter. Yes. And um, this year, I, I heard your program, and I just thought, oh, there's so many people who have this lacuna about Mary in their uh -huh. spiritual life. You know, they, they want to be devoted to Mary, but they don't quite know how to. And 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 I found this great book uh, by you know Manfred Hauck. Have you heard of Father Hauck? I I think he's a German theologian, isn't he? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not. Um, I don't know him well, but I know the name. He's great. Uh, he's yeah. He's uh, prolific in his own way, and he recently uh, came out with a introduction to Mariology. Oh, really? And it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. It breaks everything down. Uh, in, very clearly to people. You could just get this book and, and just read like little sections at a time. It doesn't have to be read sequentially. You could read okay. it according to the to your interest, and it it covers all the the assumption and the you know the immaculate conception, biblical foundations of of Mary and um, veneration and devotion, and, and it breaks all these things down into small categories that are biblical and 
um, in, in spiritual theology, and it's, it's just fantastic. Wonderful. Uh, I will make sure we get our hands on it. And uh, do you know by any—have you ever seen him interviewed anywhere? I'm just curious if, he's, if he oh, does interviews. No. Uh, I'll, no, I'll look into I, it. I, I, he sounds like somebody, you know, if, he, if, he can, if he's comfortable with English, love to have him on. But, yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's really great. And years ago, he did a book um, that Ignatius published on um, the apostolic origins of priestly celibacy. I actually, I actually remember uh, that one. Yes, I remember yeah. that. So, but this, this new book, um, published by uh, Catholic University of America Press, um, really fantastic. So, and, and again, I think it's accessible. I mean, personally, I, I think it's, it's accessible. It's, it's got the daunting title, <laughs> Introduction right, to Theology. Right. But well, um, anyone can read it. Let we'll get our hands on it, and I'm looking forward to uh, reading it and uh, getting into it. And if he's available, we'll have him on the air. So good, good idea. Thanks, I hope, Father. I hope you do. Yeah, great Take recommendation. Care. Yeah, God bless. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We'll go to New York, where Sandy's listening on Sirius XM. You're up, Sandy. Hi. Um, so the number one book that I would recommend is The Power of Silence. It's by Cardinal Seurat. Yes. It's just such a great book. Me and all my friends read it, and we... I, you, you wind up highlighting so much, we were like, we just need to dip the whole book in highlighter. It's <laughs> I amazing. Know. Yeah. You know, this is, you, yeah, you it, mentioned you and your friends read it. That, it, let me tell you, the fact that you've got a circle of friends who read these kind of books, you are blessed because there are lots of listeners who don't have a circle of friends like that. So, yeah. You're you're very blessed to have a circle of friends who share your interest in uh, books like Cardinal Seurat's Power of Silence. Yeah, it's wonderful, and they they introduced me to a concept I'd never thought of before. They talk about um, the crucifixion of the Blessed Mother. Yes, yes, yes. At the cross and all that she suffered, and it just—I mean, everything in it was mind blowing. Every single paragraph contains something that's just mind-blowing. Yeah. It was a great book. Very good. And you had a second one, too, didn't you? I did. So I'm about seven-eighths of the way through this biography on Carmelite Saint, uh, Saint Titus Bransma. Yes. And it, it's all about his life. He was um, sent to Nazi internment camp and... Um, as a political, um, whatever you call it, <laughs> prisoner, mm-hmm. and and he was experimented on and and eventually killed in someone's place. So oh. it's it's a little reminiscent of like Saint Maximilian Kolbe. Yes, you know, it just uh, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful story about his. He's so loving. To, when he's being persecuted, it yeah. challenges you to be well, gentle. I will get my hands on it. It sounds great. Um, again, uh, The Power of Science by Cardinal Seurat and The Price of Truth, a biography of Titus Bransma. Thanks, Andy. 
The Catechism defines evangelization as the proclamation of Christ and his gospel by word and the testimony of life in fulfillment of Christ's command. But what does that look like in real life? It looks like the St. Paul Evangelization volunteers out on the street sharing the good news with people in a non-confrontational way, handing out free sacramentals, listening to them, praying for them, teaching them, planting seeds, and letting the Holy Spirit make them grow. Visit StreetEvangelization.com and learn more so you can get involved in real-life evangelization. Cresta in the Afternoon is underwritten by the following nonprofit organization. Real Estate for Life. Buying or selling your home or business property? Real Estate for Life can connect you with one of 1,400 pro-life real estate agents around the world. When Real Estate for Life receives a referral fee, they donate 70% to Ave Maria Radio and Human Life International. More information at realestateforlife.org or 877-LIFE-US1. That's realestateforlife.org. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Father Benedict Groeschel. I often go back to my childhood. In church, we love to be reverent, to Christ present in the Eucharist, to Christ on the cross. But I was also impressed by the reverence of my friends in the Salvation Army. They had a little band, and I used to walk past the band on Sunday morning on my way to church. And I was just a child, but I said, you know, they're trying to pray to God. They're showing reverence to God. All this was reverence. Now what do I see? I hear one irreverence after another. And week after week, month after month, the media churns out things that make fun of religion in general and make fun of Christianity in particular and particularly make fun of the Catholic Church. No class. Absolutely no class. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Where is the drama of prayer fully revealed? The Catholic Catechism tells us it is first revealed to us by observing Jesus Christ, the Word of God, in prayer. Then by hearing how He teaches us to pray in order to realize how He hears our prayer. Jesus learned to pray in His human heart under the guidance of His mother. He learns the rhythms of the prayers of His people in the synagogue at Nazareth and the temple in Jerusalem. But at the age of 12, he makes known that his prayer springs from an otherwise secret source, his relationship with God the Father. For example, he tells his earthly parents that he must be about his heavenly Father's business. Luke's Gospel emphasizes that before all the decisive moments of Jesus' mission, 
His baptism, his transfiguration, his passion, he prays, humbly committing his will to his fathers. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. We have uh, our annual book recommendation day today. The phone lines are open, 1-877-573-7825. That's 1-877-573-7825. Or you can go uh, online, uh, net. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Leave, your, leave a notice there if you didn't want to go on the air. But, uh, again, we have lines available, 1-877-573-7825. Let's go to Chris in Hershey, Pennsylvania, listening on Holy Family Radio. Chris, good to have you here. Thanks, Al. We, we met many years ago in Philadelphia at the Catholic Medical Association. Yes, uh, I spoke there. Spoke. Yeah. Hey, let me ask we you did. something. Had I lost my leg by that time? You had. Yeah, you had. that's what I thought. It was fairly soon before that, I think. Yeah, I remember it. But my children remem- remember you fondly. You, you ate breakfast with us there. Oh. Uh, yeah, at the head table. Very uh, nice. At the time. Well, good. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, Jesus of Nazareth by, by Pope Benedict. There's yeah. three books. Um, amazing insights. Absolutely. Um, yes. But what what I found interesting, and um, I was hoping for him to talk about the bread of life discourse, but he talked about other things, mm-hmm. all of which were were fascinating. So yeah, he it's it's a very unusual uh, uh, book. It's a it's a three books as you mentioned, and the life of Jesus. It's he it's his own search. I, I thought it was interesting uh, in the introduction to the first volume. You know when it came out. Uh, he made it clear that this was really his personal search for the face of right. Christ. And uh, he said, you know, this is not magisterial teaching, so you know, scholars are free to disagree with me and all that. But I thought it was just, it's, it's so much like my image of him. Brilliant, right. but deeply right. devoted to the Lord. So he has right. these, he's on top of all the academic material, but... He's able to use even the the uh, higher criticism of the text to come up with powerful insights into the reality of Jesus. It, it's a everybody should definitely read uh, some of this material because it it also put, I put you in touch with him as a person. I think nothing else has he written that makes me feel like I'm talking to him as a man. Uh, as this Jesus of Nazareth series that he did. It's a great, great series. Agreed. Yeah. It, he takes apart Scripture scholars in, a, in an almost playful way, too. Yep. yep. Um. <laughs> yeah, he knows, the, he, knows, <laughs> he, he knows the arguments, and he knows when they're bogus. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, good. Chris, thanks. How old, how old are your kids now? The oldest is 21, the youngest is 13, so it's Good. been a few years. It has been. Yeah. All right. I have three at Christendom, so, um, but, yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. I, in fact, I was just, earlier today, I was uh, letting people know that uh, 
you know, if pe- people are looking for a life-changing experience this summer that will strengthen their child's faith and immerse them in a, uh, a joyful Christian culture, they can go to Christendom College High School Summer Program. It's the best week ever, sure. these guys call it. Right. It's in Shenandoah Valley. Right. So uh, I guess a little yeah. a little plug in there for my friends at Christendom. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, Chris, thanks. Thanks, Al. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That that is, uh, if you get a chance to read at least portions of Ratzinger's Jesus of Nazareth, do it just to acquaint yourself with the man. And uh, again, for those interested in uh, the Christian, Christendom Colleges, Christen, Christendom Colleges High School Summer Program, the best week ever, uh, you just go to um, thebestweekever.com, bestweekever.com. All right, let's uh, talk to George in Monroe Township in New Jersey, listening online. George, good to have you here. Thank you, Al. It's good to be on your program. Thank you. I'd like to uh, recommend to your listeners, because... I've just finished it, uh, Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy. You had the authors, the Gonzaleses, on your program. Yep. It was a great interview. I couldn't wait to get the book. I got it. I read it. I don't know words. It's the best book I've ever read uh, about any uh, Marian apparition. And if anybody had any doubt about what exactly... uh, transpired with uh, Juan Diego on that hilltop. They they really need to read this book. It's an easy read, but uh, intellectually uh, full, Yep. and uh, you'll never find a better uh, book on the subject, in my opinion. I, I agree. Uh, I saw it before it was published, and I was enthusiastic about it. I, I actually know Monique from years ago. Uh, she was here in Ann Arbor, and we became acquainted, and then um, she she and Joseph married, and they got involved in this project. And Joseph, of course, is is an outstanding musician and uh, uh, composer uh, and producer. And they got involved in this project, Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy. And it's like, wow, why did you guys do this? And Joseph explains it in the book, why he was driven to follow this up. And the fruit of their research, I think, is going to be with us, uh, lasting for a long time. And I agree, I don't know anything else that comes close to looking at the phenomenon uh, of Our Lady Guadalupe, the Tilma, uh, the Juan Diego's experience, and the culture of that period in time. This is this is really the, mo- the richest look at it that I've uh, ever come across. And again, it's by Joseph and Monique Gonzalez, Guadalupe and the Flower World Prophecy. Yeah, very good stuff. You know, I also took the opportunity to look at some of their uh, music videos on um, YouTube, etc., and they're really quite striking. These are devout people. They had their moment of uh, of doubt concerning the apparition. They yeah. reaffirmed their belief, and anybody who takes the time to read it, and I strongly recommend they do. It's a beautiful book by beautiful people, and uh, thank God it's uh, available to us as, as Catholics and uh and uh, uh, people who love uh, our Blessed Mother. Amen. George, thanks. I really appreciate it. Great recommendation. The number is 1-877-573-7825. That's 1-877-573-7825. 
573-7825. If you want to leave a message uh, on Twitter or uh, Facebook, do it. Uh, we'll put it on. We'll share it uh, on online, uh, on the air with you, excuse me. The number is one 573 7825 and uh, we still have a few lines available. one 573 7825 It is a, let me tell you, it's, it's incredibly encouraging uh, to me to you know, be able to share with you uh, these kind of recommendations. I learn from this program uh, all the time. And uh, I, you know, after a while, you become familiar with the, you might say, the con- conventional, conventional way of thinking um, as a Catholic. And this program always stretches that and brings, uh, again, uh, material, ideas, experiences, stories, biographies of people that enrich uh, my understanding of what it means to be a Catholic. Let's go to Cleveland right now, and Oscar is there on 1260 AM. Good to have you, Oscar. Thanks. Hi, Al. Hi. Great to be on the show. Thank you. Um, thank you for all the years of service. Uh, the, uh, the one booklet I had, I used to keep a stack near my front door for the door-to-door evangelist. Yes, uh, yes. One of them was Joel Peters, the Scripture Alone, 21 Reasons to Reject Sola Scriptura. Sure, sure. And then since that can be kind of tough for uh, for a Protestant to take, I I usually follow that up with the Pillar of Fire, Pillar of Truth booklet from Catholic Answers. Oh, yeah, I remember. Which is also available online for free, and I still share here and there with people. Yeah. Yes, they, I remember when they produced that for World Youth Day uh, many years ago now. Uh, yeah, that's very good. And um, uh, Joel Peters, it's 21 Reasons to Reject Sola Scriptura. Is that it? Yeah, those two really got me hooked on the apologetic side of things. Yeah. Well, that'll strengthen your faith. Yeah, that'll anchor you. You, you. The heart can't rejoice in what the mind rejects. And what apologetics does is it removes obstacles to authentic belief. And I've always been involved in apologetics. My first two books that I published were books in apologetics. And it's difficult to publicly speak of the Catholic faith today without engaging in apologetics because the misunderstandings are so common and so many uh, and you want to be able to brush those aside so people can actually see Jesus. Uh, a lot of times they're, they're not able to see Jesus because of false impressions. I mean, I, I've said many times, I do not understand how some of these uh, misunderstandings persist. For instance, the idea that there's a constant warfare between science and religion. Historians of science don't believe that. That is completely contrary to the whole history of science, which shows most of the time cooperation between science and religion. Yes, there are dust-ups every once in a while here and there, but overall, Christians uh, were responsible for the scientific revolution and for its persistence. But same thing here. This is why we need apologetics. Same thing with Scripture. You know, there are many people who believe that Scripture alone is what the Bible teaches, but it doesn't. 
There's nowhere in the entire canon of Scripture which says that the biblical text alone should be our sole authority. Can't find it, you know. So you got to have you got to have these uh, these issues at your fingertips, especially when people come to the door. Do they still come to your door? Do they ever come back? Um. Some of them have stopped coming back. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to be polite, and I'd say, uh, sure, I'll, I'll take your materials if I can share something with you. And, and of course, some of them are not allowed to take it, so we kind of yeah. end there. Yeah, and yeah. Thank you, but that's that. Yeah. Did I ever tell the story of, this was 19, probably 1979 or 1980, where uh, I was had been meeting with Mormon missionaries, you know I was I was not a Catholic at the time, but I was an active, mission-minded evangelical Protestant, and I was taping the conversations we were having. They didn't know it, and this is the time when we had those those tape machines, you know, the big ones, reel to reel, and oh, yeah. and I had the thing running in our living room. Uh, it was behind, you know, behind a couch, and um, we were talking. And, uh, you know, I'm challenging them. I was trying to develop a, a series called How to Witness to Mormons. The, How to Witness to the Mormons on Your Doorstep. The idea, I got that from Walter Martin, the, the classic uh, counter-cult evangelist who unfortunately died in the early 1980s. But, but I'm sitting there having these conversations with, with these Mormon missionaries, and the darn tape machine runs out. And all of a sudden, you hear the reel, you know, making the noise. It's spinning and spinning and spinning and making this noise. And the Mormon missionary said, are you, are you taping us? <laughs> I had to say I was. It was embarrassing. <laughs> it was. Uh, Al, you mind if I, if I share one more book that really helped me when I started looking back into the, the going to Mass and trying to understand what's going on at Mass? Yeah, no, do it. You've probably heard of the book by, I think his name is Michael, du- Michael Dubriel. Yes. The How-To Book of the Mass. Yes. The subtitle, Everything You Need to Know But No One Ever Taught You. Being being a convert and then a bit of a revert after several years, that was really helpful to go through and and really better understand what's going on from the time we walk in the doors of church and everything that happens during during Mass. Very good. Yes, I, I do remember uh, that book. I haven't seen it for quite a while, though, so I'll have to look it up again. Oscar, thanks. I hear the music coming up, and uh, do appreciate you. you being with me and uh, making your recommendations. We've got them written down. We'll publish them, of course. Uh, they'll be available at AveMariaRadio.net and the Crested Guest Archives. Now, Nick in Poland, Ohio, stay with us. Tim in Fort Worth, Texas, we'll be talking. I'm Al Cresta. The number is 1-877-573-7825. Father Benedict Rochelle. Some great people have shown respect for God. Can I read you a little quotation from Albert Einstein, who many times showed a great respect for religion and was one of the great admirers of Pope Pius XII for his stand against the Holocaust during the Second World War. Einstein wrote, The fairest thing we can experience is the mysterious, is the fundamental emotion that stands at the cradle of all true art and science, a knowledge of the existence of something we can't penetrate. 
of the manifestations of the profoundest reason and the most radiant beauty which are only accessible to our minds in the most elementary form. It is this knowledge and this emotion that constitute the truly religious attitude. Oh my, so beautifully said. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. There's so many issues that need to be discussed when we're looking at this continuing problem of mass shootings. At the heart of it is what's going on with the human person, though. Father John Mercado brings up deaths of despair in great detail in his beautiful Rescue Project series. Or so many young people now, or with that survey pre-COVID, were talking about how desperate they felt, how lonely they felt, how isolated they felt how suicidal they felt. And then we had a recent survey come out from the CDC looking at a similar case with young girls. And this feeling of desperation and loneliness that despite everything they had access to and what they could do with their bodies, this so-called freedom, the world's version of freedom that's shoved down our throats every single day, they're still not happy. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Let me go over some of the recommendations. Uh, this hour, we had a Search for and Maintaining Peace by Father Jacques Philippe. Saved in Hope by Pope Benedict, his second encyclical. Uh, Through the Eyes of Jesus by C. Allen Ames. Light from Darkness, Steve Weidenkopf. Sword and Scimitar, Raymond Ibrahim. Food for the Soul, Peter Kraft. Introduction to Mariology by the theologian Manfred Hauk, H-A-U-K-E. Beloved by Henri Nguyen. Power of Silence by Cardinal Seurat. The Price of Truth by Miguel Aribes. And Joseph of Nazareth by Pope Benedict, or actually Joseph Ratzinger. And Guadalupe in the Flower World Prophecy by Joe and Monique Gonzalez. More coming up. Broadcasting from the studios of Ave Maria Radio in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Al Cresta is ready for Conversations of Consequence. This is Cresta in the Afternoon. A very good afternoon to you. Uh, This is a special one. We've opened up the phone lines, 1-877-573-7825. I want to thank you for joining us. This is our annual, sometimes semi-annual, Sherathon, book Sherathon. And uh, I always want to say when we begin this how grateful I am to have listeners who care about knowing and doing God's will, but also who know that reading can take us deeper into the mysteries of the faith, uh, the lessons of history, the depths of the human heart. So every year since I can remember, we've taken at least one day a year to open the phone lines and ask you to recommend a book or two to Crest in the Afternoon listeners. Uh, sometimes we've done it in June with the summer reading season before us. Sometimes, we, most of the time, we do it during Advent when Christmas gift buying is on people's minds. And so that's what we're doing. And if you're just joining us, you, didn't, you missed the first hour, let me say uh, how important—I won't go into too much detail on this, but books have played an important part in my own spiritual growth and development. Uh, it, it's only by, first of all, encountering 
uh, the, the Word of God, the Scripture, the Bible, that helped me uh, get defogged from my New Age mindset and come to the New Testament mindset, you might say. Uh, every Christmas, my wife has finds some kind of biography or autobiography of a Christian leader, somebody who's supposed to inspire me. She thinks I need this kind of leadership inspiration every year, I guess, but which I appreciate. Uh, and I, I never questioned it until one year, year she gave me the, the book Seabiscuit, <laughs> the biography of a, a racing horse. And I was thinking, how, is, how does that work? I was going to expecting George Whitfield, the great evangelist, and I end up with Seabiscuit. Anyways, books are, have been important to my life. They've been important to my livelihood. I ran Chain a Bookstore for 10 years. Um, but what we do is we talk about the things that have moved us. And I'm asking you to make a recommendation, one, two, three books, um, that have really impacted you this year. The books didn't have to be published this year, but it, they impacted you this year. And you want to share them with others. That's the key to this program. It's sharing out of our experience, what the Lord has taught us, and uh, the authors, the volumes that have moved us. So please, pick up the phone, and don't be shy about it. It's, it's a really great time. The number is one 573 7825 That's 1-877-573-7825. Of course, uh, Facebook and Twitter, you can register there as well. And we're going to continue. But right now, let's get to today's headlines. Thank you, Al, and good afternoon, everyone. This is your Ave Maria Radio News for Thursday, December 14th. It's the Feast of St. John of the Cross. And today's news is brought to you by Ave Maria University. Your vacation location is at avemaria.edu. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says his country will continue fighting Hamas until Israel reaches victory. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan met with Netanyahu and other officials today. The U.S. joined Israel earlier this week in voting against a U.N. resolution for a ceasefire, but is also telling Israel to do more to limit civilian casualties in Gaza. A year that started with Kevin McCarthy being elected Speaker of the House ends with the California Republican ending his congressional career. The former speaker announced his retirement from Congress earlier this month and gave his last speech on the House floor today. In October, McCarthy became the first House speaker to be voted out of the position. Flags all across Connecticut are flying at half-staff today to mark the 11th anniversary of the Sandy Hook School Massacre. It was on this date in 2012 that Adam Lanza shot and killed 20 children ages 6 through 8, plus six educators at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newton. Most of the children's classmates are now seniors, and public schools in Newton are operating on a three-hour delay to give students time to reflect on the tragedy. And Doritos lovers can now enjoy a nacho-flavored alcohol. Doritos has teamed up with Empirical to create an alcohol that tastes like the chip's classic nacho cheese flavor. It's made up by using actual Dorito chips, and it'll be available for a limited time. They say it can be used in cocktails or sipped neat over ice. Doritos recommends using it to make Bloody Marys or margaritas. The drink will be sold online for $65 a bottle. From the AveMariaRadio.net news desk, I'm Dan McGraw. 
Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Yes, I, I'm. When it comes to Doritos, Doritos as a form of alcoholic beverage, I confess I'm a skeptic. Uh, uh, it's not. not uh, somebody will have to gift that to me because I won't buy it. All right, but it's life's full of mysteries, and this is one of them. All right, the number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. This is the hour where we talk about the books that punched us in the face this year, or tickled our back, or tickled our toes. Books that made a difference in our lives this year. I recommend them. Two, three of them. We love to hear from you. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We do have a line available. Um, but let's continue with your calls right now. If you are a little shy and don't want to come on the air, then go to Facebook and Twitter, and you can register your books there. All right? one 573 7825 We'll go to Poland, Ohio. Nick's been very patient there. Good to have you, Nick. Uh, good to be on. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks. You're listening on Bread of Life, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, out of like the Youngstown, Ohio area. Yeah, yeah. Great. That's a great apostolate. Uh, Barb, who really engineered that and has been the chief plug behind it, is an outstanding woman. So, yeah, yes, I've I've met her. She is. Um, <laughs> so the book that I have, uh, I've always been. I converted about sixteen years ago, yeah. and I've always been obsessed with the doctrine of justification. Yeah, from the you know, the, the traditional Protestant viewpoint yeah. um, compared to the Catholic viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And I usually found uh, sometimes the cookie-cutter apologetics, like, unsatisfying on both ends. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a gentleman named Eric Yabara, mm-hmm. who is a Catholic apologist. And uh, what I really like about him is he never, like, straw mans the yeah. other side. Good. He gets into the real nitty-gritty. Yep. And he wrote a book, and it's it's not that long. It's like, you know, 200 pages or so, but it's called The Just Shall Live by Faith. Mm-hmm. And it mainly tries to um, cover this uh, debate on justification from the lens of St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Uh, that's a great project. Uh, I taught through Romans when I was a pastor, and actually it was a difficult— it was difficult because my theology was changing— and I was no longer yeah. accepting the conventional uh, evangelical Protestant idea of justification by faith alone, but I didn't quite know where I was going to go. So I remember, again, going through, especially from Romans chapter uh, uh, 4 through 8, uh, having difficulty with trying to come up with good expository sermons. Now, I don't think I know, personally, I don't think I know Eric, but I he publishes with Emmaus, doesn't he? Um. I think he does. Yeah, I think he does. Uh, I think he does, and he—I he, know he's—he's he's written like you, a great uh, apologetic uh, book on like the papacy and everything mm-hmm. uh, like that. That's uh, I haven't got a chance to read yet. But in this book, he really goes through the uh, doctrine of Catholic doctrine of uh, a, you know justification by faith formed by charity. Yes. Uh, yes. And which I—I I always felt kind of like lacking among, um, you know, that's not a term that many Catholics know about their own 
doctrine, I guess. Yeah. That I always found that to be helpful in the discussion uh, on justification by faith. Yeah. No, I I agree. And um, it in New Te- let's, let me tell you, New Testament studies over the last generation has really changed. The the old conventional justification by faith alone teaching that is still maintained by some some evangelical scholars and some Reformed scholars, and certainly Lutheran scholars, many of them still maintain justification by faith alone. But New Testament studies has increasingly been undermining their argument, uh, beginning with a book by, um, uh, was it St. Paul and St. Paul and Judaism, Second Temple Judaism, uh, and then uh, N.T. Wright, the, Evangel- uh, the Anglican bishop, who's now probably the top conservative New Testament scholar in the world. With the new perspective. With the new perspective on Paul. On Paul. And I, I can remember the first time that hit me. I was reading a, a Mennonite book called The Politics of Jesus. I'd never heard of this new perspective before. And I can remember this fella whose name was... Uh, I think it's John Howard Yoder in the book Politics of Jesus. And he made the, he made the case that um, Protestantism generally made a big mistake by reading Paul through Luther's experience, Luther's personal experience, and that St. Paul was not addressing Luther's personal anguish. St. Paul was addressing the unity of the body and how Gentiles— and uh, the, the, the Jews can form that one body. That was his project. His one project wasn't trying to lift Luther's existential anguish uh, about being guilty before God. But I remember, hit, I remember that hit me, and I, uh, I, was, I still remained a Protestant for many years, but uh, that got me interested in the new perspective on Paul. So, yeah, I'll have to and get I Eric's think- book. What Eric does, too, is he, he touches on that a little bit. Uh, he does touch about the new perspective of Paul and mm-hmm. the idea that the works that Paul's talking about were directly just the, uh, you know, the Jewish... The identity markers, yeah. But uh, he does also add in there about how Paul does talk about, you know, to covet, and how... So he's able to make a synthesis of how you could take some of the good with a new perspective of Paul without having to take all of it. Right. I just found it out of me reading a lot on this topic over the years and listening to reformed theologians and catholic theologians. I found it to be the best book that I've read so far on the uh on the topic. I'll I'll take I haven't read it and I'm not sure I don't think I've ever even met Eric, but I will get my hands on it and give it a read. It sounds good, Nick. It's called The Just Shall Live by Faith: Resolving the Catholic yes. Protestant Debate on Justification from Paul's Epistle to the Romans. Is that it? That's it. All right. Thanks, Nick. All right. Thank you. The number is one 573 7825 We've got uh, Jeremy in Atlanta, Georgia, listening on 1160 The Quest. Good to have you, Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. You with us? Uh, yes, this is Jeremy. From, okay. from Atlanta. Yeah, you're on the air. Oh, fantastic. Um, the book I want to share with you is uh, George Biggle's uh, biography of John Paul II, uh, Witness to Hope. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was uh, confirmed as a Catholic uh, a year ago, over a year ago on All Saints Day. 
and reading the Pope and the Presidents. I can't remember the author's yeah, name. That, that's Paul Kengor's book, that. yeah. Yes, I read that before becoming Catholic, before I was even considering it, and God used it to do like the hard work that uh, <laughs> needed for me to become a Catholic as a Presbyterian Evangelical, Yeah, because it really increased my esteem for the papacy, both the office and the power of the office and the holiness of, of the man himself. Yes. In John Paul II, and um, that opened the, the doors to me becoming Catholic soon, soon thereafter. So he was my confirmation saint, and I picked up his book, uh, this book this summer, started uh, reading it. Uh, it's 900 pages, I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah, it's a um, good read. It, and, and it's influential in, in so many ways that I can't all go into, but the way that I wanted to share with you is actually in a surprising way. So a month after uh, getting the book, I surprisingly and unexpectedly um, found a teaching job at a, a Jewish high school. Yeah in Atlanta, and this came about, and I'm actually going to follow up with you an email about this, because I exposed a uh, online cheating scandal in my public school system that's now getting a lot of attention in the news. So you're behind that news story we heard earlier today. Um, yes, I suppose. A 13-year-old kid? No, this is a this is a different story. This is a school system uh, allowing students to take online tests unsupervised at home. Oh, okay. Really cheat on the test. All right, that might be a different story. So yes, you may okay. hear of it. It just came out this week. Um, anyways, I'll send you a follow up about that. But Please. That was what led me to the Jewish school after I resigned my job at the public school. And so I'm teaching at this Jewish school while working my way through this book, not really knowing. Um, the significance of his pontificate to Catholic Jewish relations, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so it made his uh, being my confirmation saint significant in a, a new way, um, because I've, I'm feeling myself encouraged, strengthened, guided, uh, you might say, in relating to my Jewish brethren with just a lot of wisdom and compassion and understanding. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I feel myself embodying that spirit, um, in embodying the kind of dialogue that he tried to advance with the Jewish people. I have great relationships with the rabbis, you know, they, the teacher, they love talking to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I'm just sort of channeling the spirit of what he was trying to establish between Catholics and Jews. Um, in my job, and that was an unexpected uh, benefit of the book. That's beautiful, and you're right. He he had uh, a good relationship with uh, Jewish friends from his childhood, and uh, and that continued. It made a big impact on his uh, episcopacy, and then it had an impact on his papacy. And uh, John Paul II, I I respected John Paul II when I returned to the Catholic Church, but it's only after I'd been in uh, the faith for about five years, that it dawned on me what an absolute giant he was. To me, he's the biggest, he's my biggest hero of the 20th century. So um, I just think he's brilliant, he's devout, he's courageous, and uh, George's book, Witness to Hope, and the follow-up volume, too, uh, is really to be highly recommended. So, Jeremy, thanks. We'll make sure that gets on the list. You're welcome.
one 573 7825 Dr. Ray Garendi. Most experts don't think like you do. Go to the computer. Type in child, self-esteem, search. Last time I looked, 31 million options. The experts believe self-esteem is the preeminent moral virtue. Type in child, humility, search. Crickets. Why? When was the last time you heard a secular expert talk about humility? But that's at the very core of the virtues we want to teach our children. Always remember one thing. When an expert tells you how to raise your child, you have to ask a question. Is this expert of the same worldview that I am? Does he or she value the same virtues I want to impart to my children? How is the priestly prayer of Jesus unique in the economy of salvation? According to the Catholic Catechism, it is unique because it reveals the ever-present prayer of Jesus and at the same time contains what Jesus teaches us about our prayer to our Father. As Jesus fulfills his Father's plan of love, he gives us a glimpse of the depth of his filial prayer when he agonizes in the garden, Abba, not my will, but thine. His last words on the cross exhibit prayer and gift of self as one when he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Later, with a loud cry, he surrenders his spirit. All the troubles for all times, states the Catechism, of humanity enslaved by sin and death, all the petitions and intercessions of salvation history are summed up in this cry of the Incarnate Word. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Support for this Ave Maria radio program comes in part by the non-for-profit St. Anthony Services. Are you shopping for mortgage products, Catholic investing, Catholic health, real estate, or estate planning? StAnthonyServices.org can help you find a Catholic professional for these needs. They regularly connect faithful citizens with faith-based professionals that share our Christian values. More information at stanthonyservices.org or 877-LIFE-US-1. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Cresta in the Afternoon is underwritten by the following nonprofit organization. Real Estate for Life. Buying or selling your home or business property? Real Estate for Life can connect you with one of 1,400 pro-life real estate agents around the world. When Real Estate for Life receives a referral fee, they donate 70% to Ave Maria Radio and Human Life International. More information at realestateforlife.org or 877-LIFE-US-1. That's realestateforlife.org. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Finding health care for yourself and your family can be isolating and confusing. That's why the Catholic Health Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering Christ-centered health sharing for individuals and families, along with new wellness services to help heal and restore your whole person, spirit, mind, and body. 
Visit cmfcuro.com to find out more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. It's our, oh, Christmas season book recommendation time. It's a good time to do it because of Christmas gift-giving books. Uh, Listeners to Crest in the Afternoon, I know, are the kind of people who recommend books to others. And so I'm asking you to share today books that affected you this last year. Uh, You know, you can mention one, two, three of them, four of them. Again, the only thing I'm asking, they don't have to be published this last year. They just have to have impacted you uh, this last year. And uh, earlier we were hearing about... uh, George Weigel's book, uh, Witness to Hope, that was so important. Uh, George Weigel, by the way, just put out his Christmas list, and he mentioned a few books that uh, we've talked about on this program before. One of them was Tom Holland's book, Dominion, How the Christian Revolution Remade the World. That's a book written by Tom Holland, who I don't know where he's at spiritually now, but when he wrote the book, uh, he had not laid claim to Christian faith. He was respectful. Uh, and I don't know if over the uh, two, three years since he published that book, if he's moved in the direction of the Christian faith. But uh, George mentioned him uh, as an important book for him last year. And also a, a newer book by uh, Dr. Matthew Levering uh, called The Theology of Robert Barron, uh, published by Word on a Fire Academic. And uh, again, that's a uh, an attempt to get at the uh, broader, more comprehensive understanding of what uh, Bishop Barron is doing uh, theologically. He also mentions uh, a book called Colonialism, A Moral Reckoning, uh, by uh, Nigel Bigger, uh, Oxford prof. And this is a book that's really been controversial. Uh, Bigger is trying to say, look, uh, colonialism had its problems, but our history here ought not to forget the benefits that were also available uh, during colonialism. And I think somebody was saying that history is not being taught today. Well, that's only partially true. There is history being taught, but much of history is an attempt to paint the United States and the Western world as leaders in racism, imperialism, and oppression of the poor. And so uh, I guess that got under Nigel Bigger's skin, and he decided to come up with a, you might say, apologetics for colonialism. Uh, I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here. But it's a, an important book, getting a lot of reviews. Let me get back to you, though, uh, and your recommendations. The number is one 877 573-7825, and Tim in Fort Worth, Texas. Thanks, Tim, for being so patient. Uh, thank you, Al. Um, so I, in, uh, in my circles of friends and, and others, the, the topic of the rapture comes up a lot, even in Catholic circles. Mm-hmm. No, that's not a Catholic teaching. Right, right. <laughs> so I looked for a book that kind of helped me with that, and there was two that I read this year. One, uh, both of them by David Curry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was Rapture, uh, the end times error that leaves behind the Bible, and then the second one was uh, what Jesus really said about the end of the world. Yeah, both of those, I, I think, it drove a pretty deep understanding uh, for me—a deeper understanding of what the 
that's really in the Bible as far as uh, prophecies. David does a very good job in both of those books, and uh, they're, they're well worth recommending. They address a vexing issue uh, that divides uh, Catholics and evangelical Protestants of a certain sort. Um, so yes, uh, Dave Curry's book, Rapture, uh, The End Times, and What Jesus Really Said About the End of the World, uh, both of them outstanding books. Tim, thanks. Uh, good to hear from Thank you. Thank you. Our number again is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. You know, it's been a little male-heavy. I just realized that. We've had relatively few women participating in today's program. So let me just uh, say that and make uh, the invitation explicit. Uh, yes, there are a lot of male voices here, but female voices are welcome. Um, and uh, given the fact that we've had so few of them, we'll even give you pride of place <laughs> and get you up closer to the, the top of the list. The number is one 573 And I've got uh, Larry with me in Washington, uh, listening on uh, Satellite 130. Good to have you, Larry. Hello. Yeah, you're up. Okay. Yeah, the the book that I well, it's four books actually. It's the uh, Socrates Children by Peter Creed. Yes, I've got Lawrence. that. Uh, yeah, very good. Yeah, uh, history of philosophy. Uh, amazing. I had, yeah, I had never never uh, studied philosophy at all. I was all into uh, engineering type. Yeah. Stuff in my career and. Uh, I wish I had taken philosophy. It's really uh, helpful. Sure. My uh, discussions with some of my friends who are uh, progressives and even a couple of atheists. So. Well, good, good. And that, again, Peter Kraft uh, does an outstanding job. It's his uh, history of philosophy. Uh, it's called Socrates' Children, and it is a four-volume four Four or five volumes. Is it yeah. four or five? Four volumes. Four. Four. Very good. Okay. So you get, again, you get a good, well-written, uh, easy-to-understand history of philosophy with that series. Larry, thank you. Good talking with you. Yeah. Thank you. Again, I said we need to hear from some women callers, and we've got Stephanie in Traverse City listening on Sirius XM. You're up, Stephanie. Oh, hi. 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 This is Stephanie. I'm yeah. from Traverse City. Uh, Michigan. Yes. And the book that I want to share is The Spirit of the Liturgy um, yes. by Ratzinger. Yes. Um, I read it for a class, and it just really impacted me in a couple of ways. Uh, one, it just gave me a better insight to him as a person. You know, I feel like, you know, gosh, he's the Pope and uh, leader and all of that, but I got a sense of his heart from the yeah. book and yeah. his thinking. Um, so that was one thing I really liked about it. And then the other thing is that it really uh, just gave me insight into the spirit of the liturgy. Yes. Not the right, per se, but like what I bring to it, yes. what I can bring to it, and what it brings to me. So it really, it really changed the way I approach Mass. And, and when I go to Mass, I, I think about the things from that book and, and just that what I can bring and what I can get, what, what, what God wants to give me. So... Um, yeah, it really uh, had an influence on me. Ah, that's good to hear. It is an outstanding book. It's one of the few books that he wrote as a book. Many of the 
books that we see with his name on it are collections of uh, essays or homilies that he's given. But Spirit of the Liturgy yeah. was an actual book that he set out to re- to write because that was a topic so close to his heart. And um, he also liked the, a, a shorter book called Spirit of the Liturgy by the older, right, the yeah, Romano Guardini, yeah, yeah. yeah, Romano Guardini. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I have not read that one, but it mentioned it I think in the the intro or something. But um but yeah, I just thought the spirit of the liturgy was um it's so approachable, you know, um it's even though, you know, Ratzinger is very academic and all of that, it was I feel like anybody could read it and enjoy it and get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good book. Uh thank you, Stephanie. Excellent. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Bye now. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Let's go to Arthur in Washington State, who's been patiently waiting for us. You're up, Arthur. Hi, Al. How are you doing? Doing very well, thank you. Okay. First of all, I just want to say, um, not this last year, but every book. Uh, that Brian Petre has written has just been incredible. <laughs> yes. What I wanted to, what I wanted to mention uh, is, and I think you interviewed him, Father James Maudley, and uh, he's written this old new series, five books, and I've re- read the first two, uh, Adam's Deep Sleep and uh, Crushing Satan's Head, and they're just just amazing to show how the Old Testament prefigures so much. Uh, so much prefiguration in the Old Testament of what's happening in the New Testament, and and uh, you know with Jesus and with Mary, amazing. Yes. Well, he he like Petrie, is very interested in establishing the continuities between the covenants, and um, so right. this is this is a project which I think is really blessed by God, uh, Father James Maudsley, um, and again, the uh, particular books that you're referring to are Adam's Deep Sleep. In crushing Satan's head, is that right? Right, and then there were three more in the series after that. Yeah, if you believed Moses, I think was one of them, um, and two volumes of that. Yes, so this is a rich presentation uh, of the continuity between the covenants and um, connecting the old and the new, and strengthening the bond there, which of course is part of Brent Petrie's project too. So, right, yeah. Right. Great recommendation, Arthur. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Nebraska. Marianne's there and um, listening on Spirit Radio. Marianne, you're up. Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I uh, saw on the Internet this book, Devil in the City of Angels, by Jesse Romero. Yeah. It's a story where he witnessed an exorcist and how they prayed for three hours with two priests, and nothing was happening, and then they started praying in Latin, the Hail Marys, and that did it. Wow. <laughs> but it's a story about that. You know, I, I really, I always wanted to get the book. I just saw an interview on online about that, but it sounded very interesting. Yeah, this is Jesse's story. I mean, it's a powerful one. And um, yeah, yeah, so, no, I, I get it. Uh, it's called Devil in the City of Angels. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and Jesse, uh, also police officer, I believe, at the time. Um, yes, yes, so, in Los Angeles, yeah, 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 no, very yeah. good. All righty, thank you, thank you, Marianne. And we'll continue conversation. Uh, let's see here, we've got Melissa in Augusta, Georgia. 
uh, listening on 91.1 St. Paul Radio. You're up, Melissa. Hi. Hi. I, I, I guess it's a book. It's a monthly subscription from um, Word on Fire, Liturgy of the Hours. Oh, which yes. I'd heard, I'd heard about, but, you know, never, ever read. And I can't say that every day I get to it, but it, it's been very interesting. Um, you know, and then I'll look up the saints if it involves a saint. But, you know, the Psalms are just, they're beautiful. Yes. They're beautiful. Uh, this is so important. The Church has been asking for the lady to pick up the Liturgy of the Hours as best they can and try to incorporate it into their life, especially morning and evening prayer. But uh, what you're doing is actually what the Church has been asking us to do for a long time. So congratulations. <laughs> it's a great recommendation. And uh, this is the one that's uh, published by Word on Fire. Is that right? Correct. And Al, I love you. Oh, well, listen, thank you. I love you, too. I'm Al Cresta. Ave Maria School of Law is the Roman Catholic law school in the United States. Consistently ranked in the Princeton Review as one of the best and most conservative law schools, as well as pre-law's most devout law school. Ave Maria School of Law provides a traditional legal education while emphasizing how the law intersects with the Catholic intellectual tradition and natural law philosophy. Ave Maria School of Law, unabashedly Catholic, consistently excellent. For more information, visit AveMariaLaw.edu. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Father Benedict Rochelle. I don't think people should have negative fears of God, but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the President of some country or something. You might get a little lump in your throat. Forget it. 
Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have, and we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize His presence, and in proportion as we believe that He is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. By asking for spiritual communion, we are acknowledging that the Holy Mass is the perfect, best way to worship God. The priest intercedes perfectly for us with God the Father because he acts in persona Christi. This is the time to see that through the priest's representation of Christ's sacrifice on Calvary, we are never separated from our Lord. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta, having some great uh, recommendations. Your recommendations to Cresta in the Afternoon listeners. The book that impacted you the most last year. It could be two or three books. Uh, and again, we're, we, we assume already the scriptures and the catechism. Um, but these other books that were important to you, so important, in fact, you want to share that with Cresta in the Afternoon listeners. We've had a great list. We'll have it posted, of course, in the... Krista Guest Archives at AveMariaRadio.net. And, um, well, let's just continue with your calls while we've got time. Uh, we're going to be joined by Sharon right now in Raleigh, North Carolina, listening on Sirius XM. You're up, Sharon. Hi, how are you? Doing well, thanks. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Yeah. I was listening to your earlier caller. Yeah. speak about Witness to Hope, yeah. and um, I was inspired to read that very long book by first reading Crossing the Threshold of Hope. By Pope John Paul is, II. Um, and it's a somewhat shorter sort of version of that. Yes. Uh, I think of it as a somewhat shorter version, actually a lot shorter version of that book. But um, I'm also a, a very big fan of George Weigel's work. It's very scholarly, it's very approachable, and um, I've read uh, The Cube in the Cathedral, which is a really interesting on book. For, on foreign theory. policy, yes, yep, European, yes. yep. And, um, yeah, and uh, God's Choice. Oh, yeah, that uh, was uh, on really, Benedict XVI. Yes, but it, there's a lot on, on uh, St. Pope, Pope uh, John... Pope Paul, the John Paul the the second, okay, in it as okay. well because he leads them. He leads from one to the other, and it's it makes so much sense. Yeah, it's just really very very uh, very enlightening. I hadn't read that one, but um, I I have read a lot of George's books, and I agree with I agree with you. I I've known George since the first Iraq War, believe it or not. And um, and I've I followed his work, so uh, you know it's, it's when you get to know uh, a writer and a speaker over that many years, it's like having a friend. You just call up and say, "Hey, what are you thinking about this?" Uh, 
But um, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, a, a wonderful collection of uh, John Paul II's uh, thoughts. Uh, then, right. uh, then the Witness to Hope uh, is followed, of course. He, he, he ends up taking it to the next level uh, and, follow, and ends up, uh, you might say, with the rest of the story after John Paul right. II's uh, he finishes it after I think John Paul II dies, but I'm trying to recall the second volume now, but it's not coming to my head. Um, his his book Sanctify uh, to Sanctify the World about the Second Vatican Council, one of my most important books this year, and his book The Irony of Catholic History, Modern Catholic History, another one that's on my list for this year. So George has two on my list. So you and I have similar appreciation for him. <laughs> <laughs> I have to read those two. I haven't read them, yeah. and I would love to. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, they they do orient you to what's been going on in the Catholic Church for the last 150 years, uh, the place of the Second Vatican Council in that larger story. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, get a hold of them. Give them, a, give them a listen. Yeah, I think his second book was called Lessons in Hope. No, this is the third book. The third book was called Lessons in Hope, My Unexpected Life with St. John Paul II. But there's a there's a book before between Witness to Hope and Lessons in Hope. It's called The End and the Beginning. That's it. Pope John Paul oh, II, yeah. The Victory of Freedom, The yeah. Last Years. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's an edu- it's an education in and of itself <laughs> to read those. So Thanks I so much. It. It's great church history. It Thank is. you. Yeah, Sharon, great talking with you. The number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. One eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We'll go to Spirit Catholic Radio in Iowa. Jan's been there. Good to have you, Jan. Thanks. Al, you said that your wife would buy you books uh, about like leadership books right. for Christmas every year. That's and, true. Um, I heard you talking about that, and I, I just wanted to share with you a book from a, a very new author, a wonderful Catholic businessman in Omaha, and his name is Brett Pullman, and it's called Leaders Look Within. Wow. And it's just a real quick, easy read, and um, it's just a, a good book. Uh, it's not necessarily a, a huge Catholic book, but he's a wonderful yeah. Catholic leader in the area. And well, so when, as soon as you said that, that came to mind. Well, hopefully Sally, my wife, is listening, and... Sal, that's a good one for this year because I don't have it. This is this always becomes a problem. She wonders what I have and what I don't have already. But this one I don't have. Look within by Brent Pullman. Readers look within. Yep. And and then also I have read this. This is a long time ago, but it just it's still the book touches me every single time I go to mass. I remember this book, and it's called Something New with Saint Therese, oh. her Eucharistic miracle. And it just brings you um, closer to the Eucharistic heart of Jesus. Susie Andress, I don't know if you've ever interviewed her. She's written a few books. The, the, the name's familiar, but I, I don't think so. At least I'm, I don't, I'm looking at the title, Something New with St. Therese, Her Eucharistic Miracle. And I'm virtually certain we've not done that book. Um, and I'm not sure why, because it looks like a natural for us. So I will get my hands on it, and we'll have her on if she's doing interviews. It looks like a great book. She also writes Catholic novels as well, this author does. This is Susie Andres. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's new new to me, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'd love to meet new new writers. 
Um, so very good. Thank you so much, Jen. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas to you, and hopefully you solved the problem for my wife, Sally, in terms there of we what go. get me for Christmas. All right. The number is one 573 7825 Pam in Olympia, Washington, listening on Sacred Heart Radio. Good to have you, Pam. Hello. Hi, Pam. You're up. Um, so, thank you. So the book that came to mind as soon as you said that was From the White House to the White Cross by Peggy Stanton. Yes. As soon as... As soon as I heard your interview with her, I had to go get the book. Yeah. And I so thoroughly enjoyed it because, <laughs> you know, it's a mixture. There's humor in there. Yep. But then there's parts where that I read and I just started weeping yep. because they so touched my heart. I'm so glad that you've read it. I, I This was on my list last year. Um, and Peggy is a close friend, and we've worked together at Ave Maria Radio. She's done a number of programs for us, and we weekly get together for her uh, reflections on the upcoming gospel readings. Uh, but this this memoir of hers, From the White House to the White Cross, really deserves more attention than it's been given. It's an outstanding book, and I'm so glad you called in with the recommendation. Uh, it's definitely worthwhile. Yes, and and it has it has all these interesting um, vignettes and memories of major public figures along the way, who you know Peggy in her work with uh, ABC News, and then her husband, uh, who was in, she was a congressional wife, so she had all kinds of responsibilities yeah. to meet. And she's a she's a, a committed Catholic through all this. Sometimes warmer, sometimes not so warm, but she's always involved. She's being a, trying to, seeking to be a faithful Catholic. And so you get these wonderful insights into public figures that you've never thought about before. So I think, I think it's a book that really deserves uh, people's attention. I thank you. I have to agree with you there. So <laughs> I've been suggesting it to the people that I know. Very good. Thanks, Pam. Anyway, she's... She's delightful, and I always appreciate when you have her on. Yeah, that's good to know, and she'll enjoy hearing that, too. All right, the number is 1-877-573-7825, 1-877-573-7825. To Moscow, Idaho we go. Muriel's listening there on Sacred Heart Radio. You're up, Muriel. Hi. Hi. The, um, the book that I enjoyed so much unexpectedly recently was called Out of Darkness by Anne Rice. She <laughs> yeah. is the, um, you know, the vampire, the vampire writer. I've yes, never read exactly. <laughs> yes. But um, she grew up in New Orleans in the neighborhood that I grew up in. We had the same nuns, the same parish. So I figured I- I'll read her story. And I was um, amazed. She-, she speaks glowingly of her early, you know, just being ensconced in in a really lovely Christian family and loving God. Anyway, when she went to a secular college, she began to lose her faith for, (laughs) of all things, she met so many nice people who were not Catholic, who were not believers, who were agnostics. (laughs) And um, I've never heard, you know, it expressed quite that way. Anyway, um, and she, she turned her back on the Catholic faith, and years later, she was longing to go and receive the Holy Eucharist. Yeah. And she had questions about this and that, that she disagreed with the Church. And one day she said, 
who am I to disagree with the church? It has the Holy Eucharist. I'm going back. (laughs) Yeah, good. It's a beautifully written uh, book. I, I have heard that she later recanted her her faith, yeah. but I don't know about that. I just know this is a lovely and genuine, beautifully written book. I, inter- I interviewed her years ago on the book okay. when it came out. Um, oh, yes? Yeah, yeah, and it's quite a while ago now, but uh, it was wonderfully written. It was a heartfelt story, yeah. and she, the last I knew on this uh, is that she... Uh, she and this, this was public information, so I'm not speaking out of school here. Uh, she 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 has a son who was uh, dealing with homosexuality, right. and yeah. I guess as she was trying to come to grips with what it means to love him in the midst of all this, and what does she do with mm-hmm. church teaching? She was had mm-hmm. a apparently had a blog, and there was a lot of conversation. And by her by her telling of the story, she was attacked time and again by Catholics who wanted her to do behave in a certain way towards her son that she felt right. didn't fit. And I can't tell you, I, you know, I didn't follow that. I just know that it happened. And that's the last I, I knew about it. And I heard that, uh, she, later I heard that she had uh, kind of rejected, I don't know if she's rejected the faith in its entirety or has just made adjustments to it, you know, to satisfy her, her relationship. Right. It, it was... Something difficult happened, but we'll yeah. trust her to God's mercy Amen. and realize that. I, I'm with you on die. that. Right. Oh, right. have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, and you too, Muriel. Thanks. Okay. The, the Thank number is one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's one eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. We'll go to Omaha again on KVSS. We've got Tom there. You're up, Tom. Well, hi. Thank you for taking my call. I am in the process of reading. I've almost finished it. Uh, by John Grabowski, and it's entitled Unraveling Gender, the Battle Over Sexual Difference. And uh, it's a deep but very readable, and it's an excellent book, and it's void of any kind of bias or anything yeah. like that. He just gets right down to the heart of the matter. Yes, I know, John. And, uh, it's one of the best books I've read this year. I'm, I was a professional-level librarian for about 38 years and ordered many of the books in social science, religion, philosophy, and all the rest yeah. of history and all that for the Omaha Public Library. Believe me, I know a good book when I've read it. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this is one, and it's not a particularly thick book, but it's really full of good stuff and well worth reading. I recommend it for everybody. I, I'm with you. John is an outstanding theologian and writer, and uh, this is, again, one of his uh, masterpieces. Thanks, Tom. I'm glad for the recommendation. I'm Al Cresta. We're uh, going to have to take a break right here, and I'm not sure how much time we're going to have on the other side of this break. If we have time... I'll continue to take calls, but I may be out of time. We'll find out. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org.
Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Finding good health care, encouragement for healthier living, or solid spiritual direction can be frustrating. That's why the Catholic Healthcare Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering a health sharing option. Curo's Christ centered wellness services include Catholic wellness coaching, spiritual direction, and a Catholic community supporting your health and wellness needs. Visit cmfcuro.com to learn more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. With so much going on in the world, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. What do you need to know today? Stay tuned to Crest on the Afternoon and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio as we bring you the day's top stories and conversations from an authentic Catholic perspective. He was a pope, a saint, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. Pope St. Gregory I the Great is one of only four popes honored as the Great. Among his many achievements was sending missionaries across Northern Europe, especially St. Augustine of Canterbury, who brought Christ to the people of England. In a pun, Pope Gregory called the English people angels. He died in 604. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Never miss an episode of Cresta in the Afternoon. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen on demand at AveMariaRadio.net and on the Ave Maria Radio app. Well, thanks so much. I'm sorry we're not able to get to all the calls today, but I thank you uh, really for making this such an enjoyable afternoon for me. And I do love uh, listening to you when we get a chance to open the phone lines like this. And as we go into 2024, we may be able to work it out so that we have more conversation uh, direct like like we had today. Uh, what comes up now tomorrow is we begin our countdown of the top 34 uh, interviews of 2023, and we've put them together, and they are ready to start tomorrow. Uh, I'll just give you a tip. John Zarnetsky's uh, interview on the worst SCOTUS decisions ever, and then Peter Herbeck, what is the fire of the Lord? Gets us started tomorrow in the countdown to the top interviews of last year. Thank you. Cresta in the Afternoon is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. To follow up on any of the guests or information presented on today's program, visit the Cresta Guest Archive at AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-M-A-R-I-A Radio.net. To listen to this or any other edition of Cresta in the Afternoon, visit the audio archives at AveMariaRadio.net. Or to order a CD of the program, call 734-930-4506 or email orders at AveMariaRadio.net. That's 734-930-4506 or orders at AveMariaRadio.net.